you're doing well. want to wish you a, a very happy, don't worry guys, I got all this, okay? I got, I got all this stuff. I'll take care of it, okay? I'll, I'll take care of it. I got it. Hey, I just want you to know like that beginning video that you saw in the beginning that we're like a circus. It's exactly right. If someone could help me with the lights, I want to see all your faces. But uh, I want to wish everybody here a happy Easter. And uh, we, we are so excited that you're here. Uh, you know, I know some of you were dragged here by your mama. And you were, you were bribed. You were hustled. You were swindled to get here and come out to Easter. And they told you, made you all these promises. If you'll just come to Easter service, then we'll feed you, give you money, whatever. Uh, I just want you to know how glad I'm here and that we as a church, we're, we're glad that you're here today. And, and today, and this is a great time of the year, a great season of the year to become a Christ follower. And I'm going to give everybody who's here an opportunity, if you're a guest, to lean in a little bit more, to take a step closer towards that goal of becoming a Christ follower. You know, because some of you who are here today, you, you've been talked to by your mom. You know, your wife has been giving you books and slipping you notes and and, and your husband maybe is, you know, kind of, you know, kind of nudging you. And, hey, when, when are you going to cross over? When are you going to make that big decision? Some of you have been leaning on this decision for a while. And if this is your first time here, uh, I, I really ha- I'm excited that you're here because today what we're going to talk about, I believe, can be a game changer for you. Uh, just so you know who we are as a church, we as a church firmly believe in a physical resurrection of Jesus. That it wasn't an illusion, it wasn't a ghost, it wasn't, you know, some spiritual cloud. No, it was a physical resurrection of Jesus. That's what we believe as a church. And for many of us, that may be something hard for us to wrap our arms around, but we're gonna go right to it today and talk about that very issue. Because it's so, so important, it's essential. You know, and we don't as a church believe this because the Bible says so. It's not that simple. See, the Bible isn't just a book. It's a collection of ancient documents written by over 40 writers spanning a time of hundreds of years that it was written. And they all come together perfectly to describe the same message. What we have now, this this book, that you see the Bible was made later for us out of a convenience. And we don't just believe in the resurrection because the Bible says so. See, because that's too simplistic. That's way too simplistic for us to go, well, just because the Bible says so, I believe it. No, there's much, much more to it than that. And so I want you to know that on the front end, this is what we believe. It's not just because the Bible says so. We have a list of people who are here to back this up. And it starts with Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. He was about as far away from Jesus as you can imagine, on the far end of a follower of Jesus. He was a traitor. He was corrupt. He would be considered like a politician today or a drug trafficker that bad. You know, he'd have parties all the time. He was a womanizer. These guys were bad. They were hated. They They were worse than a sinner. 
And then Matthew, he met Jesus and everything changed. He writes for us in his gospel. He says, hey, listen, I saw Jesus. I was with Jesus for three years. I was there when Jesus was crucified and I saw him die. I saw him put him in a, in a tomb. And then after three days, I saw him again. He came and visited. I saw him with my own eyes. I touched him. That's Matthew's story. Then we got Mark. Mark's a Greek. Mark was, was hanging around the followers of Jesus for many years. He hung around with Peter and he wrote a gospel. He also says, listen, I'm convinced of this. I've seen the testimonies. I've seen the witnesses. I believe that Jesus physically rose from the dead. Doesn't stop there. We have Luke. Let me read, to, read for you what Luke wrote. Okay, he starts his gospel out like this. He wrote this to begin his gospel. He says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they have been handed down to us by those from who they first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, I myself, Luke talking, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning and it seemed also good for me to write an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. Luke is a doctor. He went to great lengths to do a physical investigation. He looked eye to eye and went person by person. I want to know what happened. And he compared their testimonies. And he wrote it down for you and me so that we could have an assurance of our faith. Doesn't stop there. Then we've got John, the same guy who showed up first. He beat everybody. He was the fastest of all the apostles. He ran to the tomb. I'm getting hot. I got to take this off. It's Easter. It's Easter. John ran to the tomb. He was the first one there on the day of Easter. And he looked in the tomb. There was no Jesus. And he says, listen, I was there. He wrote his gospel. He says, I was there. I was in front of Jesus when he was hanging on the cross. I looked at him and he told, he told me, he says, Jesus, he told me, he said, take care of my mom. This is your mother. Take care of her. And I've been taking care of her ever since. And I saw him die on the cross with my own eyes. I saw the life go out of him. I saw him take him down from the cross, embalm his body, put him in the tomb. And then I saw Jesus come and visit us and say peace be with you that was John doesn't stop there then we've got Peter and Peter gives his testimony I saw a risen Jesus I saw him face to face I touched him he talked to me he came and visited me he restored my faith when I was out one day fishing and 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 forgot about everything I, I quit being an apostle and he came and got me we sat down and had lunch and he said he said Peter, do you love me? He said, sure, Lord, you know I do. No, 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 Peter, Peter, do you love me? This was after the resurrection. And so Peter gives us the testimony, but it doesn't stop there. We got another, we got another one. We've got James. James was the brother of anybody? Jesus. Jesus. Some of you were hesitant. You didn't want to say it. You knew it, but you didn't want to say it. This is probably the, the, the best evidence of the resurrection that there is in the Bible. You want to know why? 
Because in the Gospels, when Jesus is walking around, doing his thing, preaching the word, healing people, saying, I'm the son of God, telling everybody, James is standing in the background going, right. Son of God, I don't think so. I grew up with him. I was there when he got his learner's permit. (laughs) No, he's not the son of God. So this was James' posture while Jesus was operating his ministry. But then after the resurrection, you read in the book of Acts, a historical record of the book of Acts, all of a sudden, James is one of the main leaders of the church. And you go, wait a second, what changed? He now is, he has something written, the book of James in the Bible, and he now is a proponent, he's a leader, he's somebody saying, yes, Jesus is the son of God. What would you have to do to be convinced that your brother is the son of God? Rise from the dead. That'd do it for me. And there's your answer. There's your answer. That's why if James was convinced, his own brother who grew up with him, what else do you need? And it doesn't stop there. We've got the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, he, he was somebody that came along later. He himself was a Pharisee, knew the Bible back and forth, upside down, in and out, knew it all, did a study. Jesus came and visited him personally and talked to him. And he was, he more, more than half of the New Testament was convinced that Jesus and all of these guys that you see on the screen, Most of them gave their lives, not for what they believed, but what they saw. See, this isn't, there's a lot of people that are willing to die for what they believe in. This isn't about something that you believe in. This is something that they said, we saw this. But we got to talk today because, you know, there, there is, there is a, a need among us in our society today. And, and. Just at this point, it's too simplistic to say, and if you're here today and you've got your doubts about whether Jesus rose from the dead, it's too simplistic to say, I just don't believe in the Bible, so I don't believe in the resurrection. That's too simple. You've got to go, you're way too sophisticated to to settle for that answer. You're well too educated to settle for that answer. That's a cop-out. When you weigh in to what we're going to talk about today, you're going to see how serious an issue this is. And, you know, today we have an opportunity because we're a church that doesn't just take the Bible at its face value, although we do. We go a little further. All those things that I talked to you about, James, Paul, the apostles, and we're going to see more today. It's much bigger than the Bible tells me so, so I believe it. I mean, that's good, but... We're going to take it to a whole nother level today. Why we believe what we believe. Most of these men, they gave it all. And you know something interesting? They didn't make a dime off the Bible. You know how people make money off their books? They didn't make a cent. It came later. There were no hidden interests, no hidden motivations. They died poor, destitute, but full of assurance what they were dying for and what they were living for. Now, here's the issue that we have to talk about today. And this is an issue for a lot of people. It's natural to want to divorce the life and the teachings of Jesus and the resurrection. 
We have this nice illustration. See, you have the resurrection here, and you've got the teachings of Jesus here. And it's natural for people to want to do this. They want to separate them. You see, I like the teachings of Jesus, but I'm not really sure about the resurrection. I'm not there yet. You know, and everybody, just so you know, everybody loves the teachings of Jesus. There's so many people out there that they, they, they love the, the Sermon on the Mount. You find a politician, they say, what's your favorite scripture in the Bible? Sermon on the Mount. That's what all of them say. They love the Sermon on the Mount. They don't know what's in the Sermon on the Mount, but they love the Sermon on the Mount. Right? Everybody loves Jesus. And then we love, we love these phrases like, if you love the truth, it will set you free. Love those statements. We love the story of the prodigal son. Man, don't you love that story? So awesome. Loses his son, waiting for him, comes back. Everything is forgiven. You know, the, the sayings of Jesus, we love the sayings of Jesus. We love that he fed the poor, that he, that he took care of the poor. He loved the poor. We love all that, right? And we love the fact that Jesus was full. He was full of grace and mercy. We love all of this, right? this, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure about this. See, I want, I want the ministry and life of Jesus. I want to leave his body in the tomb. Because I just don't buy it. I'm just not there yet. You know, it's a, it's a big step for me. You know, and I, I want to I raise the teachings of Jesus. I want to elevate the teachings of Jesus, but I want to leave his body in the tomb. And I, I would say this. If I press many of you really hard, even those of you who are members of our church, if I press you really hard, which we're going to do today, do you believe in the resurrection, the physical? Not a ghost, not an apparition, not, not, I'm talking the physical resurrection of Jesus. Do you believe that? I believe we'd find some people on the fence. I'd go, oh, I don't know. I'm just not there. And it's okay. It's okay. I understand. I get that. It's really, really hard for us to wrap our minds around a risen man from the grave. That's difficult. But here's the problem. Everything you know about Jesus, everything you know about Jesus, and everything that you appreciate about Jesus, his stories, his sayings, his example, everything, everything that you've heard about Jesus comes from men who believed in this. They believed in the resurrection. Wholeheartedly. Physical resurrection. So we've got a dilemma. You want this, but you don't want this. Does that even work? Can that work? And that's what we've got to talk about today. And you've got to understand something about the, the, the Bible and the teaching of Christianity. As, as, as the followers of Jesus, the resurrection was central 
It wasn't just an afterthought, a nice thing. Oh, yeah, when people die, they go to heaven and there's a resurrection. No, 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 no. It was central. It was essential to their teaching and their belief system. It was everything. It was the backbone. It was the base. It was the foundation of everything to their teaching. And so if you're on the fence today, if you're not sure, I'm glad you're here. I'm really glad. If you got dragged here by somebody, you got bribed, I'm really, really, really glad you're here today because I want to help you. And I believe God wants to help you to deal with this issue, to help you with your belief today. And maybe this is your question. This is maybe something that you're kind of teetering on. I'm not sure. I, I, like, I like this, but I'm not sure about this. I, I, I really don't know. And here's, here's something that people, they play with, okay? They like this, but then they think this. There was a group of people all around Jesus and his ministry. They loved and appreciated his teaching so much. He said, man, this is such awesome stuff. And they got together after Jesus died. And they had to make sure, they wanted to make sure that they didn't lose the teachings of Jesus. So they got together after he died and they invented a story about his resurrection. This may be something that's popping around in your head. It happens to a lot of people. They question, they doubt. But we're going to deal with this question today. Because in some ways you got to go, wait a minute. That, 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 doesn't, that doesn't make sense. That, that's, that's, that, that makes no sense at all. And when you think about it, do you realize you know what you're saying when you say this, that there was a group of people that they wanted to keep Jesus' teaching and they wanted to keep this up, so they made a lie about this? Do you realize what you're saying? That'd be like somebody that sees a Bible in the back of someone's car and they break the window and steal the Bible. They steal a Bible. And then they go and tell their friends, they said, hey, I stole the Bible. Really? Why'd you do that? Because it was there. And, and, and why, did you, why did you steal it? Because I, I want to read it. And, and what does it say when you read it? Do not steal. <laughs> that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense at all. Why would someone do that? You see, why would the apostles, why would the followers of Jesus in the first or the second century, why would they lift up, why would they hold up the truth with a lie? Why would they do that? It makes no sense whatsoever. And these, these are things that you've got to think through. This is something that you've got to, you've got to wrestle with. Here's the bottom line. If there was no resurrection, we should abandon all things that are Christian. All of it. Every bit of it. Throw it all out. Get rid of it. All those, all those teachings. You know, 90% of what we know about heaven, 90% of it, what we know about heaven, 
You heard it from your grandmama. You heard it from, you know, your, 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 your parents or you heard it from a minister. 90% of what you heard, guess where it came from? It came from the same people that completely believed in Jesus and his physical resurrection. That's where it came from. You know all those funerals you've gone to? If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, all those nice things, you know when the minister stands up and says, hey, 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 don't worry, you'll see him again. Garbage. It's all a lie. If the resurrection didn't happen, you might as well throw it all out. That's what you've got to wrestle with. That's what we've got to wrestle with today. And you know, this idea of doing good with others, you know, the do good thing. And if you're, you're kind of focused on that, I'm going to be a good person and I'm going to do good things because I believe God's keeping a record and he's, he's taking notes and then he's going to remember me on judgment. Guess what? Here's, here's, here's something for you. You are good for nothing. You're being good you're trying to behave, you're trying to be nice to people, you're trying to be a good person for absolutely nothing if the resurrection didn't happen. You might as well throw it all out. In fact, let's just go the, let's go the distance today. Why are you here? Why did you get up in the morning and come to church? If the resurrection didn't happen, there's no point to this at all. The singing and, and, and the worshiping and all the other stuff, there's no point to it whatsoever. You might as well have stayed home in bed. You might as well have gone to the beach. And, and, and that check you wrote, complete waste of money. What are you doing? That's how important the resurrection is. And you say, man... <laughs> This is really hard. What, what are you doing? What, 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 what's happening? I'm not sure. Is this the right church? <laughs> Reason why I'm saying all of this, because there's a book in the Bible. It's called 1 Corinthians. And Paul brings this very point that I'm talking about to a head with the church. See, because... Corinth was a, was a place far away from Jerusalem and, G, and, and Paul went there and he, he started a church there and he preached about Jesus and they came to believe. But after some time, people started having some doubts and they started a group and they, the group started to adopt this, this thing here of I, I love the teachings of Jesus. I love everything about Jesus. But we can't accept this. We can't do this. But you got to understand you can't have it both ways. And that's what Paul's going to talk about. And this is interesting. It always happens around Easter. You go into any website, you're going to see some things out there where people are going to ask and say the question, did Jesus really raise from the dead? Did it really happen? Every, every Easter, it always happens. Did it really happen? I just want you to understand, if you throw doubt on that, you throw doubt on everything you might as well get rid of it all. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And you know, by the grace of God, we don't just have Matthew to assure us of our faith. No, no, no. We got Mark. We don't just have Mark. We have Luke. We don't just have Luke. We have John that the one that ran to the tomb first, who was there first. We, we don't just have John. We have, we have Peter. 
We don't just have Peter. We have, we have James, the brother of Jesus. And it doesn't stop there. We have Paul. There's, there's probably no more radical extreme change than the apostle Paul, a hater and persecutor, a, a, a guy who went around killing Christians for what they believed in and how opposed he was to it. Then he becomes a powerful mover and shaker for Jesus. And that's what God has done for us. So we will believe. And so today, that's what we're gonna wrestle with. All these, these people that, that have brought it to a head and have brought Jesus and his resurrection to a point. But with all of that, let's look at this verse. Here's Paul, all this stuff. And you say, well, you're being extreme. What I just shared with you is only like a, a, an introduction to what Paul's gonna do. You ready for what Paul's gonna say? Prepare yourselves, because it's intense. He says this, and if Christ has not been raised, this group of people who are doubters, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. Use, no, 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 wait, wait a minute, Paul. It's not useless. In my wedding, in my wedding, we read 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. No, that's an awesome verse. We don't want to throw that out. Paul says, hey, you can't have it both ways. It's not either or, or it's not both and, it's, it's either or. And he goes on, he said, my preaching is useless and so is your faith. Exactly what I said, you're wasting your time if Jesus didn't raise from the dead. That's how significant it is, he goes on. And, and this whole idea, the resurrection is not a peripheral idea. It's essential. It's essential to who we are and our faith. He goes on in verse 15 of 1 Corinthians 15. More than that, we then are found to be false witnesses about God. We have, we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. He's saying, listen, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, I'm a liar. We're all liars. And in that previous verse we looked at, he says, our gospel. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, James, Paul, all of us, all of us, all of us that go around preaching Jesus rose from the dead, we're all liars. And we're not just your common liars, we're the worst liars. You know why? Because we're lying about God. That's how significant it is. And that's the argument that Paul is making here. He's saying here, we're false witnesses about God for we have testified about God that he raised Jesus from the dead. It's a direct contradiction. And so what are you feeling right now? He, he's, he's kind of pressing us, right? Don't, don't you feel cornered a little bit here? He goes on, get ready. It says in verse 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. And you're still in your sins. That whole idea of God's a merciful God. He's a forgiving God. He's, he's, a, he's a merciful God. He's a loving God. Where did you get that from anyway? Where did that come from? Oh, well, I heard it in a sermon one time. And where did that come from? Well, my, my, my mama told me or my grandmama told me. And, and 
And I believe that. Where did you get that from? Where Where did we get all this from? The same people who believed Jesus rose from the dead. So what he's saying here is, if you're going to throw out the resurrection, everything's gone. All of it. It's all gone. Throw it all out, he goes on. I'm I'm sure you didn't realize you're going to come to an Easter service like this, right? This is so important for us, though. It's so important for us. Because we got to land somewhere about what we believe. And we can't be on the fence about things. And I believe that's why some of you are holding back. And then you may say this, well, well, wait a minute, Paul. I I believe God is a forgiving God. Where did that belief come from? Where did that idea, that concept, that where did it come from? Where did you get that? God is love. Wait a minute. That phrase right there, God is love. Where did that come from? Oh yeah, that came from John, the first one who showed up at the tomb right? So you got to throw that away. In fact, if you take away the resurrection, most everything we know about God is out the window. You got to start over. And oh, wait a minute. John three sixteen. I love that verse. That's my favorite verse in the whole Bible. Guess what? It's everybody else's favorite verse. For God so loved the world that he, he sent his one and only son so that he may save the world through his son. What an awesome verse. If there's no resurrection, throw it out. Get rid of it. That's what he's saying. Because John wrote it. And John believed absolutely 100%. And then we go into this thing, well, well, I believe. Well, well, well officer, I believe. And, and then he goes, well, here's your ticket. No, 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 wait a second, officer. I believe. He said, wait, wait, wait. I appreciate what you believe, but the speed limit is this, and you are going this. Here's your ticket. Or try it with a professor. Professor, I believe. I appreciate what you believe. You still failed the test. You flunked. No, 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 but professor, you don't understand. I I believe. And see, too many of us, we love to manufacture our faith. Well, this is what I believe. Well, let's talk about what you believe. Where did you get it from? Where did it come from? You can't cherry pick Christianity. You can't do it. That's what Paul's point is here with these verses. He's saying you can't do that. You've got to embrace the whole thing. These two cannot be separate. It's got to be together passionate people here today. Verse 18, Paul continues, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Whoa, this is heavy. Now, if you grew up in a similar church like I did, that word lost, what what is that word lost? What's it mean? What's the first thing that comes to mind? You can say it. Hell. That's not what this means. This word means, like your cell phone. When you lose your cell phone, you go, oh no, my cell phone's in hell. Right? Or you lose your keys. Oh no, my my keys are in hell. You don't say that, right? 
Where is your cell phone? You don't know where it is. You don't know where it is. Where are your keys? You don't know where they are. If Jesus' resurrection didn't happen, where are those people that have died? We don't know where they are. And I don't believe it's right for us to, to, to try to draw that. It's God's decision where those people are. But if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, you've got to understand this. We don't know where they are. Some of you have been to some funerals of your family members. A parent, a friend, a brother or sister, even children. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead... We don't know where those people are. Are you with me yet? Do you understand how important, how significant believing and accepting the resurrection is to our faith? It's huge. And you can't have it both ways. Because everyone who wrote about what we believe or we think we believe, it comes from the same source from the men who were willing to die, and most of them did die for what they saw in Jesus. He goes on in verse 19. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, then we of all people are most pitied. If this is it, if there's no heaven, if there's no, there's no afterlife, if there's no resurrection... We're the, we're the most pity. Listen, I've given my whole life to this. I was a missionary. I did this. Are you telling me that if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, it was wasted? It's pointless? That's what we're saying. That's why it's so important that we get a grasp on the resurrection of Jesus. And he goes on. Verse 32, now this is extreme. He says, if the dead are not raised, then let's have a party. Let's just eat and drink. Who cares about right and wrong? Who cares about anything? Let's just just go crazy. Let's be bonkers. You can steal. You can do whatever you want because it doesn't matter. And you know what we take for granted in this country? how the, the, the scriptures have influenced our morality, our behavior, how we treat people, what we think is right and wrong. Take all of that away. And what kind of society would we live in? This? Eat and drink? Forget about it. That's what Paul is saying here. But let me assure you, he, he, he kind of brings it on back again. Verse 20, he says, But let me assure you, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. It happened. And we have have proof. We have as much proof as you can go and get in a court case. They'll put people away for life. Based on the testimony of witnesses, eyewitnesses who were there, who saw it happen, evidence that was there. We have more evidence about the, the, the resurrection of Jesus than they do in many courtrooms. And we've got to wrestle with that issue. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, from the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. There's peace 
And he goes on in verse three. And this is huge what he shares here. For what I received, I passed on to you of first importance, meaning it's the most important thing that we have about Christianity is the resurrection. That Christ died for our sins. He literally died. He didn't go into a comatose. He died. He stopped breathing. His heart stopped beating. He died. And who did he die for? For our sins. He died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And then in verse four and five, that also he was buried and that he was raised. He was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And then he appeared to Cephas, which is another name for Peter, and then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. How many people you think we got here today? About three, 400. Now, if all of us together in one place saw one thing, that's enough to build a case, right? And maybe, maybe you didn't know this, what this is written in the Bible, but I, I believe maybe you're here today for this very one verse that it says it right here from more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still alive now, though some have fallen asleep. What Paul's saying here, you live in Corinth, but there are still two to 300 people living in Jerusalem. You know what you need to do? You need to buy a bus ticket or a chariot ticket. And you need to ride to Jerusalem and you need to look eyeball to eyeball to those people, those hundreds of witnesses, and you need to ask them, did you see it? Did you see it happen? Did you see the physical resurrected Jesus? And they would tell you, we saw him. We saw it. You'd have a group of people. We saw it. It's real. It's the real deal. What's the real issue for you? We, we got to wrap this up and bring it home because I know you got your, 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 your Easter buffet that you're going to and really important stuff that you've got to do today. What's your issue? I pose to you today, your issue is not whether dinosaurs existed. Your issue isn't the age of the earth. Your issue is not evolution. Your issue is not that you were hurt in church and your parents or your cousin or, or your disillusion with Christianity and church. Let me just tell you this. I've been in, in the church business a long time. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in church. It doesn't change a thing about what happened with Jesus. What your parents did, what, what happened in your upbringing, what you've seen, what you've gone through, all the heartache. Even we had Debbie up here this morning. That was a horrific situation that she went through. Maybe you've lost a loved one. You're disillusioned with God. You've got feelings towards God. It doesn't change the fact. And how do you say it's a fact? Based on witnesses and evidence. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. I hope that you'll wrestle with this for the rest of your life and you'll stop running around, making excuses, blaming, pointing the finger, doing all these things. You deal with this one issue, one issue. 
did Jesus raise from the dead? It's everything. If he did, then you've got some serious things to think about. Are you in line with this? If not, it can mean trouble. See, because I believe God's gone way out of his way to help us. And not just the big things like we've talked about. You know this. You know this. There's been personal interaction in your life that God has moved. And you know this. Only you know this. You can think back and say, yeah, I remember that experience. I remember that thing. And it wasn't a coincidence. God moved in my life. And you've set it aside. It's time to bring that to the forefront along with all of this. So let's stop making issues about things that are not the issue. There's only one issue. Well, I'm not sure about Adam and Eve. Hey, 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 wait a minute. This isn't about Adam and Eve. This is about Jesus coming here on this earth and dying for our sins and raising on the third day. That's the issue. It's everything. It is the central point of Christianity. In fact, those first century followers, they didn't even have the Old Testament. In fact, you know what? If this isn't true, we can just take this, you know, this is Dan's Bible. Dan, is it okay if I rip out the whole New Testament? We might as well take the whole New Testament, this part right here, this part right here, and just rip it out and throw it away. That's how significant the resurrection is for all of us today. So what I wanna encourage you to do today and, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you have good reason. You have good reason. I want to assure you, if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to assure you that all the things that you've done, all your prayers are not in vain. They're not in vain. I, I want to assure you that the funerals that you've been to of followers of Jesus, all those things are true. I want to I wanna encourage you because you've sacrificed and you've given a lot of money, you've given a lot of time, you've traveled to different countries, you've done a lot of things. It's not been in vain. Your time and your service have not been in vain. Your kindness, you holding back and not retaliating, it's not been in vain. It's all been worthwhile. Let me tell you this, and this is where we're going to wrap it up. The resurrection, the resurrection changes everything. You know what the resurrection means? The resurrection means this. It means that you can break a bad habit. It means that you can change your life. It means you can be forgiven. It means that you can fix a relationship that's been sideways for most of your life. It means we serve a loving and forgiving God. It means when you face death, the most fearful thing that anyone can face, there's comfort in knowing Jesus went before us. And if we're with him and he's with us, we're going with him afterwards. That's how significant it is. So, so what do we need to do with this? What do we need to do with this? We need to bring this back here. 
and the two need to be together. All the teachings of Jesus, all of this has got to be united with the resurrection. And if this is true, as I and we believe it is true, it asks something of us as a church. You see, Jesus and Paul, they referred to it this way, that the church is Jesus' resurrected body. We are the body of Christ. Right? His hands and his feet, right? Some of you guys know this. If you're a guest, I'm going I'm to give you a timeout and you can take a break. Send that text message you've been wanting to send. I, I want to speak to our members today. Do you think Jesus envisioned a paraplegic, paraplegic resurrected body in a wheelchair? No, I believe he envisioned a walking, talking, jumping, shouting, alive body of Christ. But some of you, some of you have a very low pulse spiritually. And it's time. It's time that you look at yourself in the mirror and say, if Jesus rose from the dead, then I've got to be a resurrected Christian. Meaning that the, the change happens, that means the, 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 the devotion happens, the relationship. Some of you are very far from God. You're, you're just come to church. You're an attender. It's not about that. It's about being close to God. It's about walking with him. It's about knowing him. It's about him being in you and you and him. That's what we celebrate today, a resurrected body. So as a church, let's come back. And then for our guests, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of our service today. Right now we're going to celebrate the communion. But after that, I'm going to be standing right over here. And we're going to have another staff member that's going to be standing right over here. We're going to set aside time this week to help you. If you want to do Bible studies, we'll get with you every day this week. We will clear out our schedule. We will get with you, and we will help you to get right with God. Amen. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll get in the scriptures. And I know there's a lot of other people here. If we, get a, if we get like 30, 40, 50 people, I know there's a lot of people that are going to come forward and say, I'll help you. Amen. And we don't have all the answers, but we've got some answers. We've got enough answers to help you get right with God. We'll do that this week. There's not a better time in the year for you to become a follower of Jesus. And what a message. And some of you need this. You know you need it. You've been thinking about it a long time. The time is now. So to close out, let's pray. And then we're going to watch a video. After we watch the video, the band's going to come back up and we're going to perform a song. And we'll have people here, and you can come, and we'll set the appointment up. And we can do it today, on Easter Sunday. Let's pray for the communion. Our Father God in heaven, we are so grateful. We're grateful for the resurrection. God, we're so grateful that Jesus came here, as we read from Paul, that he was crucified for our sins, that he died for our sins, and then he was raised on the third day. God, we uh, ask you to please forgive us for our doubts. 
And thank you for going way, way, way out of your way to make it really clear that Jesus rose from the dead. God, we pray that you will help us to come back to life. Many of us have been far from you. We, we have been dancing around with excuses and, and God, you, it's clear who you are. It's clear who you are in our lives and we've been avoiding it. And today we wanna come forward and we wanna ask you to please forgive us and we wanna get right. Please help us to change what you've put in our lap to change. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you for his body and his blood that were offered up for our forgiveness. As we take this communion, wash away our sins and give us a brand new start. And thank you for the resurrection that we can celebrate every day, not just on Easter. As our first century brothers and sisters did, we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.